We've been in a series on prayer the last, gosh, it's been three weeks. And we've covered many topics. We learned that desperation is the key to our breakthrough, the ask, the seek, and the knock. We've learned the power of praying as one, the power of agreement and unity. We've learned the Father principle. He is our Father who art in heaven, the family principle. We are a body, we are a bride, and God loves Abba's house, as I said earlier. And last, we learned that kingdom purpose is available to us all. There is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. There is a kingdom that's bigger than this nation. There is a kingdom. And we are ambassadors of that kingdom. We are to reconnect heaven to earth. We are to serve Jehovah the Emperor and Jesus King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the local church is God's embassy. It's where we come. It's a safe place that should remind us of home. But today I want to talk to you about our daily bread. I want to talk to you about winning today. I want to talk to you about making the most of today. Prayer is not persuading God, rather adjusting our lives to His sovereign will. We must learn to be specific in our prayer lives. We must learn to spell it out. And that is the title of my message this morning, Spell It Out. We get to that portion of the Lord's Prayer where we can be specific. And there are some hidden principles in this prayer that I want to release to you today that I think will change the way you pray or at least the way you think about the Lord when you pray. But first, Matthew chapter 20, verse 29 through 34. Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus passed by, they cried out or shouted, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. You know, sometimes people will make fun of you if you give God a shout. Sometimes people make fun of you if you cry out for a miracle. But, oh, God responds to that kind of faith. And these men cried out to the son of David. And then the multitude, let's just substitute the word multitude for the religious folk. The religious folk warned them that they should be quiet. Shh. But they cried out all the more. I'm thankful for a kingdom and a church that cries out all the more this morning. Amen. I'm thankful for believers who aren't satisfied with just three points in a poem and two songs. I'm thankful for a group of believers that when God's anointing is on them, they're willing to cry out for more. Have you ever cried out all the more in your life? Have you ever been so desperate that you cried out to a holy God for a miracle, for salvation, for healing, for an anointing for your children, for your grandchildren? Is anybody awake this morning? Have you ever been there this morning where you cried out all the more? When you maybe couldn't get through the first time, but you cried out all the more for God to move. God is looking for some people who will cry out all the more who won't just ask once, they'll continually ask. They won't just seek once a week, they'll become seekers. They won't just knock once, they'll knock until it's opened. Unto them they cried out all 
the more, saying, have mercy on us, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said this, wrap your mind around this this morning. What do you want me to do for you? I believe when we pray, God is still asking that same question. What is it that you want me to do for you? Wrap your mind around that. What is it that you want the king of all kings to do for you? It's an important question. And God, although he's sovereign and all-knowing, still wants to hear from his children. He still wants to hear from his children. I have three children. One's grown or thinks he's grown in college, five hours away. I've got a ninth grader and a sixth grader, and they're all different. I really had to work to figure out what my oldest wanted. He's very introverted. He doesn't talk much. He would literally wear shoes until they were ruined before he would ask for a new pair. I just, you know, would have to kind of watch and look when he would grow out of stuff because he wouldn't talk. My middle one, not so much. I know exactly what he wants, when he wants. He's only 14 and he's already talking about his vehicle. I'm trying desperately to talk him into letting me pass my vehicle or Kelly to pass her vehicle down to him because neither of us really like our vehicles and he calls our vehicles soccer mom cars, especially mine. But he thinks he's getting a brand new Tacoma. I told him he better really pray hard because he ain't getting a better truck than dad. But that's what he wants. I know what he wants. And every time we drive anywhere, if he spots a Tacoma, he makes me aware of it. There's something to be said for a child of God that is confident enough in the Father's riches and the Father's rewards and the Father's righteousness to be specific in their prayer life with the God that can answer their prayers. They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. They wanted healing. They were blind. So Jesus had compassion on them, touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. You can always find out the heart of a person by who they follow. You know, it wasn't just enough to receive their salvation, their miracle, their help, their love. They became followers because of what the Father had done through his Son for their eyes. We live in a culture that wants what we want, but we're unwilling to follow anyone. We're unwilling to give up our own rights so that the kingdom of God could be made manifest on earth. We just want our salvation, leave us alone. We don't want to be faithful to anything. We don't want to follow anybody. We just want what's ours. Oh, but that's not the kingdom, my friend. When you follow Jesus Christ, he is more than enough. You can't outgive God. And there is a kingdom that has every blessing that you could ever ask for. And when you're following the king, 
His riches and his rewards are available to you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you see specific questions answered and asked for in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's talk about his name. He is Elohim. He is creator. He created it all. He gave you the creative ability to be who God has called you to be. He is El Shaddai, God Almighty, which means when you run out of power and you can't stand, power will make a way out of no way and it will come from the Father. He is El Elyon. He is Most High. There is no high like the Most High. Jehovah, he is the great I am. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd. Oh, he cleans me, covers me, and he knocks me back in line when I need it. Jehovah Rapha, he is my healer. Yes, God is still in the healing business. I celebrated over the weekend eight years since my son was healed of the heart defects he was born with. Glory be to God. And you prayed for him, and I'm forever grateful for that miracle. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. Oh, volumes work pretty good, but there is no peace like Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. Oh, Jehovah Sidkano, he is my righteousness. Listen, when you can't get right, he's your righteousness. When you can't get it right, he is your righteousness. He is Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. When everybody else abandons you and leaves you, he'll be there. Jehovah Nisi, he is my banner, my leader. He is Christ, Messiah. He is Jehovah Sidkenu, my righteousness, the one who sees to it. Pastor Sammy likes that version of it. The one who sees to it. That's pretty good, isn't it? He is Lord Adonai, ruler, and as I say every week, Jesus Christ is Savior, Messiah, and King of all kings. He's coming back. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we get into the text for today. Give us today, this day, everybody say this day, our daily bread. Number one, you got to win today. In any field, in any endeavor that you are pursuing, you must first win today. You can ask any teacher, any professor, any coach, any business leader, a motivational speaker. They got all this from the kingdom and from God's word. You must first win today. Ask for victory this day. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't put it off. You got to get up and make it your focus to win today in the kingdom of God. Amen? That defeats anxiety, focusing on today. Not letting your past drag you down and bring you down and bring depression and regret and all of these negative things. When you focus on winning today, God shows up and he moves in on you. And he changes your circumstances. Give us today, not tomorrow, not thanks for feeding us in the wilderness. No, give us today. Everybody say today. Our daily bread. So now the focus in this prayer has been shifted from the Father to earth. Now it is about spelling it out, our specific needs. Joshua said, choose this day who you will serve. Paul said, I die daily. 
I face death every day. So there's something to be said about winning today. Jesus understood it. The apostles understood it. The new covenant preaches it. You've got to win today. You ain't going to fix your marriage and the past mistakes you've made by living in the past. But you can win today. You can be the husband you're supposed to be today. You can be the wife you're supposed to be today. You can be the Christian you're supposed to be today. You can be the dad you're supposed to be today. You can be the employee you're supposed to be today. You've got to win today in your prayer life. People say, I don't know how to pray. I I don't ever have time. Start somewhere by winning today. Put on some praise music. Get alone in your car or in your prayer closet or in your office or in your den or on your porch or wherever it may be and just give God some praise. Begin to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Lord, just let me get through today. Some of you may be so rough around the edges, you may pray something like this. Lord, keep me from cussing them out today. Don't get spiritual with me. You got to win today. You got to get better today so you'll be better tomorrow. Start where you are. I'll never forget, I was early in the ministry and I was uh, just started laying hands on people at the altar and just kind of figuring out what I was doing, knew how to lead them to Jesus, was just kind of winging everything else. And I had somebody came down to me and said, I need to get my S word, the profanity word, straight. I mean, I was shocked. But then I I, I thought it was great. He doesn't know all the religious lingo, but he knows he's got mess in his life and he needs Jesus. Some people are so religious, they would have turned that person away. Because we want people to come in here clean. That's not the nature of the embassy. We're to be a place of hope. People come as they are and we give them Jesus and give them strength. Paul said, I die daily. Which means with all of his epilepsy and his, his health issues and the fact that when he would go on a missionary journey, they would beat him within an inch of his life. Every day under the threat of death, he had to die daily because he knew what was coming. He had to get up and say, Lord, not my will but yours be done forgetting those things which are behind me, but pressing on to those things which are ahead. Not that I've already attained or already been made perfect, but I press on towards the call that Christ Jesus placed on me. Uh, that has to be your perspective in your prayer life is to win today. Doesn't Psalms 118 say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't say, remember yesterday, the day of the Lord. No, this is the day. The Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. There are some seasons in your life where winning today is all you've got, all you can do, do it. Win today. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Matthew 6, verse 34. We have got to win today. Jesus would say, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross daily. Which means you can't just pick it up once. It's going to slip off of you every now and then. You got to get up and pick that cross up again. 
because it's going to get heavy at times. And you may drop it. But get up in the morning and put it on again. Don't give up on Jesus. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your church. Give us this day our daily bread. The thief on the cross, Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today, come on somebody. Not yesterday. We're not worried about yesterday. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Something about today. Give us this day our daily bread. Matthew Henry said this, we ask for bread and not cake. And the Lord kind of spoke to me through his commentary and I kind of expounded on it a little bit, but we ask for bread and not cake out of necessity. We ask for bread out of necessity. We ask for bread because we are hungry. We are hungry, so we ask. This is honesty. We ask for bread and not cake. We don't ask for Nutty Buddies. We don't ask for triple threat chocolate cake. We ask for bread out of necessity. We ask for bread because we are hungry. This is honesty. Honesty. Necessity. Honesty. We ask for daily bread because this teaches us to trust God in our humanity. We ask for bread to get us through the day because it teaches us to trust God in our humanity. We ask for God to give it to us, not to sell it to us. This teaches us humility. Even the wealthy people of this earth, when it comes to praying, are subject to God. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, you may can afford to buy daily bread, but the Lord says you still need to ask every day. This teaches us humility in prayer. We pray for God to give us, everybody say us, which means we are connected to a family. We're not selfish in our prayer life. It's not just about my daily bread, it's for us. It's for all. It's that all might be filled, that all might be full, that all might be touched, that all might have a blessing, that all might receive promotion. We must not be selfish because we're connected to a family. And we pray daily, daily, and this teaches us consistency, consistency in our prayer lives. So we've got to win today. Number two, we must ask for spiritual strength for this day. Spiritual strength for today, and how do we get there? Matthew 6 and Matthew 18. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Then Peter came up and said to the Lord, How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven, which in biblical numerology, basically this means infinity. We must be willing to forgive those that have hurt us and not hold a grudge. And we cannot let our flesh, our human emotions dictate how we pray or what we do in the kingdom of God. Forgiveness is required. It's, it's a requirement for all Christian believers, for all sons and daughters of the king. You must forgive. 
someone hurts you, you must forgive. And you must get to a place where you pray for them to be blessed and to receive revelation from the Father. That takes maturity. But the Bible does not say we must trust everyone. I want to be very clear about the difference between the two. Forgiveness unchange you from your past and from what they did to you so you can live in freedom. Trust is earned. If someone dishonors you, is disloyal, you must forgive them, but you ain't got to trust them. If you rob my house, I'm going to forgive you, but you ain't coming back as a dinner guest. Trust is earned. Never confuse the two. Forgiveness is required. Trust is earned. The reason many of us don't have spiritual strength in our lives is because we have a root of bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts that goes back to when we were little, things that happened to us, our first marriage, whatever it may be, our first job, our first church. We walk around as wounded individuals. We've never letting it go. And our whole identity is about what happened to us, not about what God has done for us. If your identity is about what happened to you, not what God has done for you, you're living in the past and you are not winning the victory today. You need spiritual strength. You must forgive the people that have hurt you. You must let the past go. You must allow God to heal your heart and you must seek reconciliation because the Bible says we are ministers of reconciliation to reconcile, to reconnect, as I said last week, the kingdom of heaven to earth. Ask for spiritual strength today. Ask for the power to forgive those that have hurt you. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's selfish to seek forgiveness from a holy God and not be willing to give it to others. That's why Jesus said, we must forgive in order to be forgiven. God demonstrated his own love for us while we were yet sinners. He died for us, but yet we want to hold the faults of another over their heads. If we confess our sins to the Father, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we are unwilling to let the past go. Spiritual strength. You must realize that you need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. We need forgiveness. Lord, forgive us of our transgressions and our trespasses and our sins this morning. Forgive me where I've fallen short. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we forgive those that have hurt us. We forgive those who have done us wrong. We forgive the ones who left. We forgive the ones who cursed us. We forgive the ones who hurt us. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a peace that comes when we do that. We need forgiveness. We need it daily. We need it every day because there is a spirit and a flesh battle that goes on in the inside, on the inside of every believer. And the Bible says in Galatians, we must be led by the spirit of God and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you let the flesh dictate your life, you will fail every day and you will fail consistently. That's everybody. That's me, that's you, that's everybody. 
When you will have the most victory in your life is when you allow the Spirit to lead you. The Spirit is an overcomer. It is a teacher. It guides. It's a comforter. And it will give you divine wisdom in every situation. It will even help you shut your mouth if you have a mouth problem. I'm learning just to shut up and be quiet and let God's will and his kingdom be made manifest on earth. Why do we think we have to fix everybody and everything? That's God's job to fix them. It's our our job to love them. We have to love them. God's job is to fix them. And sometimes when you argue with somebody, you just make it worse. The Bible says, answer not a fool. You're not going to change people's minds most of the time, but the Holy Spirit can. Let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. Let people figure out the kingdom for themselves. We need forgiveness. We need it daily, and we must give it to others. That is what releases spiritual strength in our lives, the maturity to let things go and to embrace God new every day and every morning. Number three, as we spell it out, we must ask for deliverance against our common enemy. The devil is not just after some people. He's after all people. He doesn't just tempt some people. He tempts all people. He has been defeated and he's powerless against believers if we know the kingdom we are connected to and how to take authority over the enemy. If you don't know how to take authority over him, he'll keep beating you and aggravating you to death. And you have to take authority over the enemy and his evil ways. In this prayer, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There is an evil one. His name is Satan. Lucifer fell from heaven, declared his independence from the kingdom, was thrown here with his demons and his minions. Jesus Christ died, took his keys, (laughs) and gave them to us, gave us the victory. And he's been defeated, but he still roams around to aggravate and annoy and tempt. And he doesn't like to lose, but he's a loser. You just need to remind him every now and then about what Jesus did for you on the cross when they put that crown of thorns on his head, when they pierced him in his side, when they mocked him, when they gambled over his clothes, pushed his mama to the side. Just remind him of that empty tomb when he got up out of the grave on the third day. Just remind him that he's coming back and we're going to reign over this thing for a thousand years. It's not over till it's over. I'm talking about the king of all kings. We must ask for deliverance against our common enemy. James chapter 1 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his or her own desires and enticements. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. There is the ancient strategy of the enemy to steal, to kill, and destroy. That strategy hasn't changed. First, he robs you of your destiny and your gifts. 
then he tries to kill everything that you are connected to. And then ultimately he wants to destroy your legacy completely. And it all starts with something you've conceived in your mind and allowed your flesh to win. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, it was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the lust for power. That's still the strategy of the enemy today to get you hungry for power, get your flesh hungry for things it doesn't need, and to ultimately destroy you. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We serve a risen Savior. Jesus Christ has given us the armor, the ability, the anointing, and the access to walk in victory. We can walk in spiritual strength, and we can walk as a victor and not a victim. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We, as Christians, should not walk around defeated with our head down, in the mud, depressed, worried about everything. Listen, you worry all you want to. I know whose kingdom I'm a part of. I know my Redeemer lives, my friend. I know where I'm going and I know what I'm doing because I serve a risen Savior. He is the King of all kings and he's the King of my heart this morning. Long before there was a presidential election, he was king. He's always been there. He'll always be there. And long after this thing's rolled up into nothing, if you read your Bible, he will still reign as king. And if you're connected with him, you're good. And I'm thankful to be connected with my Savior this morning. We must spell it out. And you got to win today. You got to win today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? The first way you can win today, whether you're watching online or you're in the house, is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. To make Jesus the Lord of your life. What does that mean? It means that you connect with the kingdom through its king. There is no way to the Father except through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And so how do we get there? We have to repent. That was the message of the kingdom. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is hand. Change your mind about your sin, your decisions, your lifestyle, everything. It's a complete change of mind. It's a change of thinking about the things of God. You've been living a life without God and he's asking you to change your thinking and embrace all of him. You're focused on right and wrong and flesh. I'm trying to get you to focus on the kingdom and the flesh and the sin will take care of itself. Focus on the kingdom, repent. Repent, change your mind about God and the things of God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Simple as that. You can't win today if you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved. You can't win today if you don't know where you're going when you die and the purpose that's guaranteed for you after you die. You can't win today 
if you're not saved. So I want to give you an opportunity to get saved, whether you're watching online or you're in the house this morning, doesn't matter. Wherever you are, just pray this prayer with me in your heart or out loud. It, it will help you and it will save you. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my life and save me. Please come into my life and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. If you prayed a prayer like that, I want you to go to the Abba's House app on your smartphone. If you're at home, you can register your salvation decision with us as a church. We'll help you get started in your walk with Christ. You can do that if you're in-house too. You can do it this afternoon. You can do it right now. It won't disturb me a bit. Download our Abbas House app. Register your salvation decision with us. You can also become a member of Abbas House right there on the app to our online campus or our Hickson campus. Just give us your information, and we'll be in contact with you very soon. But for many of you, you're already saved, but you haven't been winning today. You haven't been winning the battle that God has called you to. You've allowed the circumstances of this world to keep you from praying like you should and for winning this day. I want you to get to a place in your spiritual life where you walk in the spiritual strength that is available to you. You win the battle every day and you put on the whole armor of God. That's what I want for you. I want you to be victors. I want you to be more than conquerors. I don't want you to continue to hit that dead end as you pursue the kingdom. So I just want to pray for you, if I may, and then we're going to worship because something happens when we worship. Would you stand on your feet in the house? If you're watching from home, this is for you too. Just lift your hands up. You can join me. Just pray with me. Just lift your hands up in a place where you can receive. Just start praying. If you have your spiritual language, you can release that. Just start having some time with the Lord. And I want to just pray this declaration over you. Heavenly Father, I pray that Abba's house would be a place of intimacy and a place of power. And Lord, I believe it will be that kind of a place because of the people that I'm praying for right now, they're going to become passionate in their prayer closet, powerful in their prayer closet. They're going to learn how to win the battle today. They're going to win today. They're going to advance your kingdom. So, Lord, I speak a blessing over them. I speak faith and healing and hope and power and anointing and wisdom from on high over everybody in this place and watching online that the Holy Spirit would come and fill you up right now to the overflow with his precious Holy Spirit. I pray that like it says in the church epistle, Ephesians 6, that you would put on the whole armor of God, that you'd be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. The belt of truth is coming around your waist right now. The breastplate of righteousness will keep you from the fiery darts of the enemy. The shoes for preaching the gospel of peace and discipling others are being laced around your ankle spiritually right now. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, which some of you just put on for the first time today, praise God. We celebrate the fact that you're saved today. The sword of the Spirit. Spirit helps you fight back. Praying always with all prayer 
supplication in the spirit receive the armor from God put it on every morning pull down the strongholds and the bitterness and the hurt places in your life so that you can live in the victory that is Christ Jesus Lord I bless these people I ask you to fill them up with power today like never ever before Lord teach us to win today every day in our prayer closet in Jesus name Amen